Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Hi, everybody. Before you start listening today, I want to let you know there's a little bit of an audio issue that happens after the 51-minute mark, so please forgive the issue. No, I have not turned into a robot. Enjoy the episode anyway. Thank you so much. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay, Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than deny myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here, so let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 109 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Shanna Husson. Shanna lives in Wisconsin, and she is a registered dietitian. Welcome, Shanna. Thank you, Jen. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I am so glad to have you. And I, I love all of the guests and having people from you know different professions, different walks of life. But I have to admit, I really, really, really love talking to people in the healthcare world and the nutrition world like you. Thank you. I'm excited to share my story. Because, it, you know, it's thrilling for all of us to see people like you embracing intermittent fasting as a healthy lifestyle. 
Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's really just been in the last year, but I've done basically a 180 since that time with um, how I work with my clients and what I suggest. And it's really opened my eyes to just a brand new world with working with clients. So it's been amazing. Oh, I love that. Well, you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Sure. So I've been in the nutrition world for 20 years. I graduated in 1999. And then I finished my internship in 2000. So I've been working in the nutrition world for two decades already. And in that time, (laughs) I've done a lot of different things. But I started out, my first job was in weight management, which is interesting. But we basically did, you know, the calorie counting and all of that with clients. And how frustrating was that? I Well, it was so it was funny, because just like you hear, people did very well, especially if it was their first time working with calorie reduction for like three to four months. And so we had this column that we wrote every month. It was called like the Superstar Spotlight. And we'd have people's stories in there. But to find somebody who was a year out and still doing well was next to impossible. So they were really just, you know, stories that were in a small period of time where people were doing well, but then we would see a lot of relapse. So super frustrating on that front. And then I left the nutrition world for about five years or so to have my kids. I have three kids and stayed home with them full time. And then after that, I I just went back part time mostly, but I was doing more health coaching. So I was either doing outpatient nutrition or health coaching. And where my story really begins is 2016. At that time, my middle son, who is now 14, was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, which is an extreme inflammatory bowel disease. And his illness just came out of the blue and it made absolutely no sense to me because as a family, we had always eaten well, we were healthy, you know, he was always healthy. So that just rocked my world. And I started to really do a deep dive into, I mean, I was always in the nutrition world, obviously, but into natural therapies and and really the nitty gritty of of deep nutrition and not so much what you know we were told to the mainstream yes, stuff. exactly yeah. and that was really what i had been suggesting to people up until then so he was ill for 3 years like it was it was a really really tough time in my life probably the toughest time i've ever had and even though we did a lot of extreme nutrition therapies it was some other non-traditional things that finally healed him and got him well. But in 2016, I actually left the conventional nutrition. I was working in a hospital at that time. I just had to take a step away because I'm like, I just don't know if what I'm suggesting and recommending is the best thing for people. I don't know if if I'm truly healing them or if I'm making them worse on some fronts. Well, you know, we look back at what you said early on and, you know, that made my brain light up because, you know, I've just written a new book, Fast Feast Repeat. And 
I really researched the whole science of, you know, why do we regain the weight after all these diets? And we know it. I mean, it is so clear and your experience showed it. Our bodies, you know, especially if you have really fast results from a low calorie diet, you you have the great results, but then your metabolism slows, your body has these protective mechanisms. And that is why it's not the person failing. And and even when you start being hungrier and eating more, you know, you're like, man, I'm such a loser. I can't even follow this diet. What's wrong with me? It's not you. It's your body. So that's the part that I know is was so hard to, to finally face up with. Yeah. And it is. It's hard when you have clients coming back and they did so well for a while and and you're like, well, I guess just lower your calorie intake even further. Yeah. Eat less <laughs> and move more. Right? And, and I will say, like, I was never one of those practitioners who didn't believe people. Like, when they told me, I'm only eating 1,200 calories and I'm doing this exercise, like, I believe them. I just didn't know what to tell them. You know, like, I just, I don't know. I'm at a loss. Yeah. So my, my son got very ill and I started to question everything I was doing and I left the field for a while. And I actually went and worked as a substitute teacher for three years. It just, it worked with our schedule and I always loved teaching because I was an outpatient nutrition but that was another eye opener working in, <laughs> working in the schools and school nutrition. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I think a lot of us are, are teachers at heart. You know, I literally taught in the school, but with what I'm doing now, I'm still a teacher, but in a different way. And you, you know, you've got that teaching gene. I don't know. <laughs> that teaching heart, you know, whatever field you're in, you're you're going to teach. Right. Yeah, but it it did. It opened my eyes. Terrible nutrition at schools, right? It did. I it opened my eyes to the nutrition and just how behavior is reflected from the nutrition that kids are getting. Yeah, completely eye-opening. I didn't understand that for so long and it was it was one of my sons, my younger son that really helped me to see that when he was little he was having all these tantrums and issues and one of his preschool teachers I think it was the third place he was. He got kicked out of two, which is really hard, you know, to admit. My son was kicked out of two daycares, and then I put him in a really expensive preschool program. And his teacher said, "I think it's something he's eating." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And it was. I mean, it was he was reacting to foods in a different kind of behavioral way. You know, we know that food is information and the chemistry of the body, and it was just really impacting him. And I had no idea. Right. I wish I could just pulse like a complete classroom and do some sort of study on it, you know, just and and feed them what I wanted to feed them. But uh, but yeah, that's that's a whole other topic. It is. <laughs> I could talk about that for hours. Oh, oh, I know. That's I'm going to write a book, my next book on that. But please do, please do, please do. No, really, because when I left teaching, it had really got, you know, I started teaching in 1990 and it had gotten absolutely crazy and it's not the poor children and it's not even the parents, it's not anyone's fault. It is just the, you know, the coming together of all the garbage and the even, you know, they're even eating organic garbage, right? You oh, know, for it, sure. It, right. Like organic gummy bears are still not going to be good for your, your child's body. And so, you know, these children are having, I mean, like real psychological problems. One of our elementary schools in my in my county where I taught had to have like a response team where people were trained in restraint, restraining elementary children. And they were called every day to different parts of the building. And that's not normal. 
And it's not what was happening, you know, in 1990 when I started. I know. And I make that comparison all the time. I tell my kids, I'm like, we just didn't have this. We didn't have AIDS in classrooms all the time. We didn't have kids throwing things. We, It just was completely different. It was. And it's now it's so normal. And I could go on and on. So right. Common, but not normal, right? <laughs> it's common, but it's not normal. And it's not that, you know, we should be medicating our kids more and more and more. We need to say, why did more and more kids require all of this? Exactly. Yep. So that's, that's one of my next adventures. <laughs> and I think that, you know, I just was led that direction for a reason. Like I, I went and I went into the schools for three years and it was completely mind opening. So in 2019, at the end of 2018, my son was very, very ill. And I took him to a natural health clinic right around this area. And I love the approach there, just the feel of the clinic. And I found out that the clinic owner was looking for a part-time practitioner. So shortly after that, I found a therapy that worked to my son and he's been very well for the last year and a half. He's, it was like, he was never sick. Oh, that's great. Was it, it would you just share what that, that was briefly? Can you? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, again, another whole topic, but I actually ended putting him on an antibiotic therapy, which I'm not a huge proponent of because I mean, that, that has detrimental effects as well, but we put him on, now he's on three different antibiotics, but he was on four. Um, I actually had to work with some Australian doctors. So, I mean, I, I, like I said, I did a deep dive, but we treated his colitis more as an infection and that was game changing. And we still do all the other things like make sure he gets good sleep and keep his stress low and feed him good food and get him out in the sun whenever possible. But it was, it was the antibiotics that turned things around. I think it's really a combination of many things, but I mean, he was on severe immunosuppressant drugs that made him worse. And it was just a a really long road. So he's doing really, really well. I'm so glad. Well, healing the gut is a process and it's important. Oh, yeah. And that's why it was just super frustrating for me as a dietitian. I'm like, oh, I can't do this with food. Like he would improve, but he wouldn't turn the corner. So it's a huge process, but most, and I I know we haven't gotten to this, but I have a book that I just released and I have a big section in there about healing the guts if there is immune issues. And what's the name of your book? Well, my name, my book is called, I don't know. No, really. People are going to be like, if you don't say it right now, they're going to be like, what's the book? Yeah. Yeah. It's called um, Fast to Heal, which I'll get into how I got to that. It's called Fast to Heal. A five-step guide to reversing insulin resistance. So love that. Yeah. So anyway, after I went to work at that clinic, well, so the clinic that I took him to, I ended up getting a job at a part-time job and I loved it there. And it was funny because we were testing a few things with some clients and this clinic was never known for weight loss. And me being a dietitian, the clinic owner is like, you know, why don't we just try a few things? And so anyway, I, she wanted me to put a weight loss program together. And I'm like, oh, you know, I just don't know. <laughs> I've done that. I don't know what to. <laughs> I know. I'm just like, oh, I, I, I just get frustrated with it. And I feel like I'm frustrated for my clients. So I started putting it together. And this is where I discovered the obesity code and started reading Dr. Jason Fong's book, 
I am not kidding, Jen. I would sit in my office and sometimes my coworkers would be around and I, my jaw would just drop and I would look at them. I'd be like, oh, why didn't anybody tell me this? Like, you're like, listen, listen, listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm like, I feel like I have been duped and lied to for 20 years. Like this is just crazy. It makes so much sense. And it's really simple when you understand it. And the frustrating part too is like, I was taught biochemistry and all the nutrition things in college. And innately, it made so much sense to me. But then the conventional guidelines are so different and conflicting. Right. That, yes, yes. So anyway, <laughs> I I put the pilot together and there were only 18 people in the pilot, but they, if they followed the recommendation. So then I, I really, really got into intermittent fasting and I mean, I, I read your book, I joined your support group, I read his book, I listened to your podcast, but I listened to Dr. Fung's podcast and it, there really aren't that many episodes, but I listened to each one at least three times. Right. The wisdom. Yeah. And I was like, I got to get this in my head. So when I'm working with the clients, I really understand it. And so that's when I started writing my book. So then fast forward a little bit, I had to leave my job at the clinic because if I was writing a book and promoting my own services, it was a conflict of interest. And that was a really tough decision because I loved working there. Um, but the people in the pilot just did so well and so amazing. I have never seen these results like this. And they were so excited. Just, oh my gosh, I, you know, it's not my fault. It's not my body. It's, it's, I was doing the exact opposite of what I was needing to do. So I started writing my book and had to quit working there. And, and ever since then, I've, I've continued to work with my own clients and just, you know, now it's six to eight months later and they're still losing weight. Like they're not rebounding. They're not, it's just been so amazing. And so last summer I actually, I'm like, okay, if I'm going to recommend this, like I got to walk the walk, you know? So I started intermittent fasting last summer in 2019. And I will admit at first I was just kind of like, eh, if I was 15 hours in and I'd get really hungry, I'd be like, mm, I'm just, I'm just going to eat. Because <laughs> <laughs> did, did you need to lose any weight at all? No, I didn't. I will say that. Like I've been at a healthy weight, but I will say in college, I was 20 pounds heavier and two sizes bigger than I am now. And I talk about this in my book. And now I know why, because I was eating late at night. I was drinking on the weekends. You know, I live in Wisconsin. So beer is everywhere on college campuses. Hopefully they've changed a bit now, but I struggle. I don't think so. No, right, right. Especially in Wisconsin. <laughs> but I struggled all the years I was in college. I, I struggled big time and I was eating fat-free and I was teaching fitness classes and super, you know, exercising all the time. And I still was just, I was, I was miserable in college with my weight. But after I got out of college and I felt, I fell into a somewhat normalized eating pattern, most of the weight came off, but I will say I lost like five to six pounds after the summer, you know, just that last icky abdominal baby weight that is so, so stubborn. But I had a couple other changes. I, I had struggled with bloating for 20 years that started in college and like pretty much daily. I'm pretty sure it's all 
almost always carbohydrate foods for me. So I had already cut out a lot of grains and gone that route, but I'd still get minor bloating. And once I started fasting at least 18 hours a day, I just don't get that anymore. Like my pants fit the same at night <laughs> they did in the morning. <laughs> That's really great. You know, because fasting is a great rest for the gut and it yes, heals the gut. Exactly. And you don't think about that. And that's what I always tell my clients. I'm like, you know what? We're yeah, we're we're doing this primarily for your weight right now and to get you metabolically more stable and healthier, but really it's gut rest too that is just so powerful. And the other thing that intermittent fasting fixed for me was canker sores. I don't, have you ever had a canker sore in your mouth? I have not. My, oh my goodness. You mean inside your yes, mouth? In oh, your wait, mouth. Yes, I have. I have, I have had those. Not very much. I, I was thinking of what well, I can't remember what I was thinking. Cold sores. I haven't ever had a cold sore. Canker sores are different. It's been a long time since I've had a canker sore, maybe when I was a little girl even. Yeah, they're terrible. I mean, they're, they're basically ulcers inside your mouth. And for some reason, after the birth of my third child, um, and I had three babies in five years and breastfed them all. So I'm sure I was just nutritionally depleted and sleep deprived and stressed. And, but I started getting them all the time, like between one and five sores in my mouth, down my throat. I mean, it hurt to eat and talk and laugh and it was miserable. And I had them constantly, like I never didn't have any for 11 years. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. My last son's now 11. And after like last fall, I noticed they were getting better and clearing up. And now I haven't had one in months. And I know it's just, it's the gut rest or it's the hormonal changes. I don't know, but I will continue intermittent fasting forever. <laughs> Keep those out of my mouth because they are terrible. So yeah, so for me, it wasn't all the weight. It was more the bloating and the canker sores, but just having tools to give my clients has been game changing. And I am just so excited and so thankful that I was led this direction. And I'm thankful for your podcast and your books that played a big role in getting me ready for working with my clients in a completely different capacity. So, so that in a nutshell is <laughs> my story and how I got what brought you to, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that so many people come for the weight loss and then stick around for the health benefits. You know, you're not losing weight. You didn't start it to lose weight. You started it to say, hey, I need to really live this lifestyle too because I'm going to be recommending it and I need to see what it's like. And it just feels so good you don't want to stop. Right. And when I so when I started writing my book, that was back in November of 2019. And I had started to talk to family members. Like my parents and my two sisters are both, I would say they're in the obese category, at least if not overweight. And they've struggled their entire life. Like I was not one of those who just got good genes. You know, like I had to work at my weight and be super active. I mean, I've run marathons. I've taught fitness classes for many years. And I was not ever one of those who could just eat whatever I wanted and, and not have the repercussions. But yeah, so that that has really come full circle and um, has just been such a, a blessing to not. So were they open? Were your parents, were they open to it? Yeah. So my parents uh, and my dad actually had a heart attack in July of 2019. And he had been pretty fit 
most of my life. But once he retired, he gained a large amount of weight, probably about 100 pounds, I would say. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So he's been doing some intermittent fasting, but I really have to explain things to him because sometimes when you're in the medical world, you forget that it's not just common knowledge, the things that you know. So you know, I had to explain like, okay, take the sugar and the creamer out of your coffee. And if you get really hungry at 10 a.m., let's not eat a cereal bar. Like let's, <laughs> let's try to just wait it out a couple more hours. But my sister-in-law, she embraced it. Like I just mentioned it to her in November and said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm having some really good um, results with clients I'm working with. And she is one, she's on my website and she's in my book, but she has struggled with her weight her entire life. She had gastric bypass surgery, regained almost all the weight from that. And she's down 40 pounds now since November, but she just embraced this and has run with it. And like, I talk with my husband, I'm like, you know what, even if my book is a total bomb, <laughs> I sell 10 copies And, you know, if I, even if I just change the lives of three to five families, like that's enough for me. I, you know, I'm, I'm changing their family and then their kids and that, you know, like it's just such a a snowball effect once you start to even just change the lives of a few family members or a few community members. And so that, that has been big for me too. And I just keep saying that in the back of my head, like, even if it's just 10 families, you know, it's, you've, you've done your job. Did you self-publish it or have you gone? Delight on Deny is self-published and so is Feast Without Fear. So self-publishing is a way to get it out there. And then, you know, people will, people will read it and they will share it with other people. I'm, I'm a huge fan of self-publishing and grateful that this whole industry has arisen. Now, of course, that also means there's a lot of crazy books. Out yes, there. <laughs> for sure. A yeah. lot of crazy books out there. And so, yep. And when I started writing, I was just going to sell it on my website and do the digital version. I have, you know, a really pretty digital version that is really easy. You know, most people tell me they can get through the book in a day or two. It's similar, you know, it's similar to yours. It's from my perspective. Um, There's obviously more nutrition in it, but I didn't want to go like, I love Dr. Fung's book because, you know, I have the medical background and I just ate it up. But there's some people who are like, you know, I just, I love the book. I love the concepts, but they have trouble getting through it. So I was just going to do the digital version. And I don't know about you, but I, when I read books, I just love to have them in front of me. I love the the actual book. <laughs> well, it depends on the book. If it's one that I want to come back to, I got to have a exactly. paper copy. So exactly. what I usually do is I'll buy the digital first, skim through that, see, and then I'm like, all right, I got to have the real one. If I love it, I get the, the real one. Right. That's a good tip because like fictional books, you're not really going to go back and read again, but... I do though. I do. Do you? Okay. Fiction. It's like they're old friends. <laughs> I'm a weirdo. In fact, I, I tend to reread old fiction. If something that I love, I'll go back and read it again and again and again. Okay. It's like I'm talking to an old friend. I don't know. I'm, I might be weird, but... No, I don't. Everybody <laughs> to each their own, but I'm kind of the, I'm kind of opposite with nonfiction. Like I want to go back and look at charts and I want to... I do that too. I, I go back to everything. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I still pick up new stuff every time. Right. 
Yeah. So I had, when I was selling the book digitally, a lot of people say, well, if you ever do, you know, publish a real, you know, the paperback, just let me know. Cause I'd love to have a copy. And the more I thought about it, I'm like, you know, cause self-publishing is, I'm not going to say it's easy. It's, it's just a learning curve, you know, just like, just like anything. And I'm like, Oh, okay, I can do this. I can, but then I had to reformat it for Amazon standards. And then I had to reform it again for Kindle. And now I just recorded the audiobook. Oh, you know. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> awesome. Let me tell you a funny story. Really, you know, self-publishing, there's, you're, you're doing it yourself. You know, you're the editor, you're the whatever, you're everything. But, you know, my new book, Fast Feast Repeat, is you know, through Macmillan, St. Martin's Press, right? So it's it's legit. It's, you know, I've got a New York editor. I've got, you know, proofread. Well, when I was just reading the audiobook, I realized that there is a giant section missing <laughs> out of the clean fast chart. There are two bullets or three bullets missing out of it. And you go back to the edition we had in October. It was perfect. And then somewhere, all the hands on it, some things got deleted and I didn't notice it till I was reading the audiobook and I'm like wait a minute something's missing and the the but we're locked in at the printer so like right now we're recording this at the end of April and so the book is locked in in the queue at the printer and even though we know something's missing we can't change it it's not like with an with a self-published book you could go in and change it every 5 minutes if you want to <laughs> so the first you know I don't know 30,000 copies of Fast Feast Repeat are going to have something missing that we know is missing. We all know it's missing, but luck, it won't be missing in the Kindle version. And I read it correctly for the audiobook, but self-publishing's got some perks to it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> all these professional hands on my book and nobody noticed it, including me. <laughs> right. And you can right? get, yes, you get it all quickly. And, and that yeah, because this process has been a year. Oh, right? wow. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you can get it out there. And then the Audible, I was just like, okay, I want to record it. Cause I like, I, I listen to podcasts and books in my car constant like I'm a total junkie I'm like okay I'm gonna do that but again it was just a learning curve and luckily I have software on my computer that I could just learn it and get it in there but yeah audio recording was exhausting I was surprised <laughs> I was like I have a headache I have to stop this right now I just yeah, I just did mine. Like I said, I was recording Fast Feast Repeat and I had a we had to do it remotely because of the work from home and the shutdown. And so I had a director from New York and he was on with me. We actually used the same platform that I'm using here with you to record the podcast. And so he was in my ear and he was listening. He's like, read that again. That sounded weird. You know? <laughs> but you know, we would record for three hours or three and a half hours, and it felt like I'd been working for a hundred years. Uh-huh. I know I would lose track of time sometimes, and I was I'm like, "Oh, oh, it's six o'clock. No wonder my brain is about to explode right now. I've got to stop." <laughs> and you know, it's it's also why we don't have a, an audio for Feast Without Fear yet, because like childbirth, I keep remembering how hard it is, <laughs> <laughs> right? And then I kept yeah. thinking back to the days that I was substitute teaching, and I was like, "Well, this is probably why I had a headache at the end of almost every day. It's that loud." speaking and reading to kids, I was that would exhaust me. Just having that to focus and and have your voice a certain way and Yes, because you have to say a certain way and it has to be yeah, it's so different. Well I'm glad that you read it yourself. Are you doing your own did you do your own editing as well? I did. 
Yes. Oh, that's impressive. And so (laughs) honestly, it's... We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by by Optimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for clean eating, delivering pre-portioned and prepped quality whole foods with limited processed ingredients. Green Chef sends organic, fresh produce, responsibly sourced proteins, and chef-designed recipes in every box for satisfying, nourishing, and convenient meals that fit in beautifully to my cleanish lifestyle, and the food is totally window-worthy. Tonight, we're having barbecue sweet potato tacos with cabbage and carrot slaw, black beans, corn, and cheesy tortillas, and they come with Green Chef's chimichurri sauce. So good. Go to greenchef.com slash ifstories50 and use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's greenchef.com slash ifstories50. And don't forget to use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. Still, like it's been submitted to Audible, but at the time of this recording, like I don't, hopefully by the time it airs, it will be out, but um, it's still being reviewed right now. So, well, that's fabulous. It's such a great accomplishment. And so, you know, I, I know that you're very proud of that. Thank you. Yes, it is. It was, I'm like, I can listen to myself in the car. This is kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I have never listened to Delay Don't Deny. I will admit it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just it, listen to the intro over and over and my kids are like, okay, mom, we've heard the intro many times. Like, well, I just have to make sure that it's not annoying. or <laughs> Right. Because people will turn it off if the intro is bad. They're like, right. And I've done yeah. that. I'm like, oh, I don't oh, like yeah. this person's voice. I've done that or... <laughs> too. I'm like, this sounds like a robot. I'm right. Or they say book. their S's or P's weird or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Harder than it sounds. That's my problem is the P's. I would all, and every time I said a P word, I would say it emphatically and he'd be like, all right, try that one again. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. So your book is called, tell me again, I have it written down. It's called Fast to Heal, A Five-Step Guide to Achieving Nutritional Peace. I love that subtitle, oh. Nutritional Peace. That's my yes. favorite part. Yes. And the you reason I did yeah. the subtitle is so when I did my pilot program, I broke it up into stages. And so we worked on one thing every time they came to see me. And that worked really well. So when I left the clinic, I wanted to do something similar. And and I changed the program after I 
left the clinic. They wanted me to add some things that I wasn't completely comfortable with because it, you know, it wasn't something that I was testing in the pilot and add some supplements and that. I'm like, you know what? I, I'm, I'm just going to stick with what I, I know in my gut is what healed people. So I broke the book down. It's in five parts, but the piece is actually an acronym and that walks people through the five steps. So the P is for the first two weeks where they work on preparing their body. And I've worked with a lot of clients who, you know, once they understand the concepts behind fasting, they want to just jump right in. That works well sometimes, but I have them spend the first two weeks in the prepare stage, just cleaning up their nutrition. And, um, you know, I talk about organic and non-GMO in that section. And I talk about obesogens, which some people have never heard of. And those are basically chemicals and foods or plastics or or other things, um, self-care products that maybe undermining your attempts at losing weight and standing in your way of your body metabolically working to its full capacity. So I talk about, you know, trying to get those out and, and then we, we work on taking out snacks and not eating after dinner. So that's, that's the first two weeks that's in the prepare mode. And then the E stands for extending fasts. So that is where you know, now, now they're, they're kind of ready because I feel like if you jump into fasting too quickly, (laughs) kind of like training for a marathon, if you want to do that 20 mile (laughs) run right away, it doesn't work You don't get up off the couch and run the marathon (laughs) the next day. Exactly. So extending fast slowly. And there's some sections in there. You know, some people like to tell women they shouldn't fast before hormonal. And so I talk about the hormone differences and how some women may need to ease into it a little bit more. And, um, and I, I really just spend some time on, you know, if you're really sick, you, you really need some healing time and, you know, you don't want to jump into extended fast right away. Like you need you need to stay put for a little while until your body gets used to it. And then I do have some information on extended fasts. And I actually just did over Easter, I did a 65 hour fast. Wow. Because again, I'm How'd like, that if, feel? <laughs> um, I was hungry. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but I like, if I'm telling clients, and I have several clients who do extended fast two to three days. Um, I really want to know what it's like. So I, I did that. I was really proud of myself. But I will say um, after the fast was over and I started eating normal again, I definitely had digestive distress. <laughs> like, So I prepare people for that in the book too, more so than I thought I would. And But it, I felt amazing afterward. Like, wow, I think I really just cleaned some really you know, did a a really good cleanse is how I treat a lot of those longer fasts. So, you know, I haven't done a longer fast since 2016. I haven't done one that spanned two overnight periods. So I was like, will I ever do one again? I don't know. Yeah. And I thought about (laughs) that too. I'm like, I I think I want to do them quarterly, but mentally a two day fast, like a lot of people say, if you can get past two days, then three days, and beyond get easier. But in my mind, mentally, two days seems a lot easier because you just have the one night you're going 
with, cause I, the second night I had a lot of trouble going to sleep and I hear that from a lot of people. The first night I was fine. And the second night I just, I was just wide awake. I didn't feel ill. I didn't feel, you know, I was, I felt it's fine. It's the tossing and turning, right? Your mind sleep. is, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That's the E part. And then A stands for alter nutrition. So obviously me being a dietitian, I don't promote any like, you have to eat this, you have to eat that because like you've said over and over, no diets work and every diet works. Like some people do really well on keto and some do well with vegan. And I've spent a lot of my career frustrated, like, well, why does this diet work for that one, but not another person? And I mean, it just just depends on your genetics and how you metabolically handle food. And there's just so many things that go into it. So I give people some guidelines and, and mainly just making sure they're getting enough fat and getting rid of junky carbohydrates. But like you, like I don't say you you absolutely can't eat this food for the rest of your life. Like you can right. implement that's just not about you know, we're not anything. gonna do that. No, we're not gonna you know, it's fine to not eat something when you realize it doesn't work for you and you don't want to eat it anymore, but you have to get there yourself. Yes. And you talk about that a lot, like in the alter nutrition part, when you're only eating one or two meals a day, you want to make it count and you don't want, you don't feel the cravings to put that junky food in anymore. So in that section that they spent at um, weeks four through eight there and still doing the fasting, but just looking at their nutrition a little more um, in a deeper capacity, like, um, you know, are you having digestive issues? Are you balancing the foods that you're eating? You know, all different different parts of nutrition and just a chance to really, really look deeper there into what they're putting into their bodies. And then C is for clean challenge and change. And that's just like I always had in my pilot program, I always had people pick one challenge day where they would, like if they were doing 18 hours of fasting, I'd say, you know what, pick a day where you try 20 or you try a 24 hour fast that day and just do it one day, see how you feel, you know, and see if that's something you want to implement more often. I work the challenge day in there. And then, you know, like you're a big proponent of the clean fast. Like if you're struggling, are you really fasting cleanly? And then the change is, you know, if, if this is, if something's not working for you, I don't want you to sit there for months and months. Like, okay, I'm just going to turn the corner if I do this one more month. Like, no, if you haven't seen a good change in two to three months, then something needs to. That is so huge. And I'm glad that you're mentioning it because we see that, you know, in the in the Facebook groups, well, someone will say, well, I've been doing, you know, 18.6 for 18 months and I haven't lost any weight and I've had no victories. What's the problem? I'm like, well, it's time to tweak something. You know, it might be what you're eating isn't working for you. Maybe you need a shorter window. Maybe you need a longer window. Maybe you need alternate day fasting, but you got to try something, you know, trusting the process doesn't mean you pick something and you keep doing that forever. Right. Because that's not the process, right? The process is the tweaking. Right. Yeah. And your body adapts pretty quickly to just about anything. So it does. And that, you know, I talk about that in Fast, Feast, Repeat and the whole idea that, you know, fasting is very protective of our metabolisms and, but that still doesn't protect you a hundred percent from adaptation. You still have to tweak it and change it up. Some people have bodies that really adapt quicker than others. Right. Yeah. And that, that was another reason why I wanted to throw a longer fast in there for myself, just because, okay, like I've been fasting 18 to 20 hours. 
for many months now. And yeah, I see a lot of benefit, but what will happen if I do an extended fast? And I'm a big proponent of weekly and monthly variation too. So for me, almost every week, I will throw at least one 24-hour fast in there. I will fast anywhere from 18 to 22 hours the other days. And then once every couple of weeks, I actually eat in the morning hours, which feels strange. Oh yeah, <laughs> I you're bet not it does. Used to it and I don't yep. I I prefer I like how I feel better when I don't eat in the morning, but like Sundays I'll be like, okay, I'm just going to have some breakfast at 9 or 10. And I'm st- I've still fasted 14 or 15 hours, but just to change things up and you know, so you don't feel like you're in a rut all the time. So I do that most weeks. And then the the E for peace stands for ease your mind. And that that doesn't really have a time frame. And that focuses on sleep and stress and other things that can be throwing you off because you can do everything that everybody tells you in any book, but if you have stress that's out of control or you're only sleeping four or five hours every night, you're just not gonna get to the level of health that you really want to be at. So yeah, it connects all the dots there. That's huge. The ease your mind, sleep and stress. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns and weekend home delivery to 98% of the US population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. You know, right now... As, as we're recording this at the end of April, we're going through the pandemic and people are, you know, staying at home. And and this is a time of unprecedented stress on us. And it may not, you know, we're safe at home and you might then feel guilty about feeling stressed. You're like, why am I stressing? Because I'm safe. My family is safe. We have enough food. What's wrong with me? And then you're stressed about being stressed. And <laughs> so people are actually seeing, you know, people who have been maintaining their weight with intermittent fasting for a year or two, have suddenly had five pounds pop on out of nowhere or 10. And then they're like, oh, my God, intermittent fasting has stopped working for me. What's wrong? And it's like, no, no, that's not it. It's the stress. And, you know, you really can't discount that that power of the stress because your body has all these physiological responses that go on, just like, you know, we've learned about insulin. We've learned about 
you know, how that keeps us from tapping into fat stores. So we fast clean and we, you know, change what we're eating. And But then there's the the other hormonal things going on related to stress. And you can't fight against high insulin. You also can't fight against the high stress. You have to bring the insulin down. You have to bring the stress down. Right. Yeah. So the cortisol. Easier said than yep, done. Yep. So the cortisol will <laughs> actually increase insulin. Well, the cortisol... Um, causes your cells to release more energy because it, the fight or flight, and then the insulin goes up. So yeah, you just you chronically have the the more energy and the higher insulin, and then the sleep deprivation has been shown to increase cortisol for at least a day, even just one bad night's sleep. So if you have multiple days of, I mean, your cortisol's just constantly stimulated. So, so yeah, so that's a time where we, we reflect and just go back and say, Oh, how is stress affecting me? And I even talk about in my book, like if you have severe stress, I mean, you, you're probably going to have to make some life altering decisions that are very hard if you want to get to the level of health that you want to. And yeah. And I think just being in the pandemic, everybody's stress is different. Like I work at home, so that didn't change much for me because I do all of my work with my clients virtually, but my husband works in surgery and he's been home for six weeks. Like we're all home, all five of us every day. <laughs> and like last and you know, week- like, I love my family. But- right. But it's just a different stressor. And my kids yeah. are all doing all their schoolwork online. I have two in high school and one in middle school. But my 16-year-old daughter, I only have one daughter and she missed her prom last week. And, you know, so I was just, in a funk. <laughs> she's like, right. Mom, Eva, I'm that, okay. That's a, that, she's fine, but you're worried. For I know. Her. I'm like, I'm not. Like, I'm really sad yeah. for you. <laughs> I wanted to put you in a prom dress. And oh, take she your has. Picture it. And, yes. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, so the stress is is super important. So, what are some of your best tips for managing stress? So I have people do. I always look at the sleep like that. You're just you're not going to farewell with sleep. And I've over the years been with people, oh, sleep when you're dead. And I just know that doesn't work for me. Like you need to sleep. But I'm a big proponent of just low key exercise too. Like I, it's funny that you asked that question because I do a lot of walking and some running and I do strength training regularly, but I used to be, I don't run nearly as much as I used to. Like I, I would have some months where I'd run a hundred miles a month and I was training for marathons and I actually felt worse at that. Like I, it was just too much for my body. Yeah. That your body perceived that as stress. I, I really think like, it's just, I was just, and it stressed me out when I didn't run as much as I was supposed to, or, you know, like that just brought unwanted stress. So I've Stressed really about the stress. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I just, I've taken a step back and I've just focus more on exercise, like hiking in the woods and try not to look at how many steps I have. And because I think you can just get so wrapped up in that, but just quiet time, I think, and unplugging and with people like yoga and meditating, I think those are huge for, for stress relief and um, just talking with friends and and being connected, I think is huge. Like I do a lot of walks with friends, especially during the time that we're staying at home outside, you know, just pick a friend and, and go and talk and walk. And those are huge. And I love sun too. I don't see enough of it in Wisconsin, <laughs> but, 
But so we struggle in Wisconsin over the winters, but obviously I'm not a proponent of going to get a sunburn, but I, I really think sun is a huge just healer in and of itself and getting the vitamin D and and just feeling good. I believe that too. And my husband, unfortunately, he is in the mindset of that we should not get a lot of sun on our skin. So I have to like sneak out in the yard and get my sun. Then he's like, why are you so tan? I'm like, stop looking at me. (laughs) Right. I believe, you know, I I believe that we need, you stop before you get the the red. That's our body's sun. Okay, too much. You know, you don't want to get the red. You don't want to get the sunburn, but that's your body telling you how much you need. I really believe that. But my husband is of the... (laughs) get out of the sun mindset. And it's really hard. I know. And there are people I know. And there are people who will slather on sunscreens before they go up because that's what you're instructed to do. But then you're not generating any vitamin D at all. So we always wait a, a good 20 to 30 minutes before we apply. And I honestly, I only apply sunscreen if I no, I'm, I'm going to need to or if I'm going to burn. If I'm in I the Caribbean or right. if I'm on the lake, I will put it on. But if I'm in my backyard, I'll go outside and I'll get sun on my skin for maybe 20 minutes. Then I'll put up the beach umbrella and sit there, you know, under the shade. But yeah, I really, I really think we need the vitamin D. Yep. I'm with you. You get more than I do, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we do. Now, I have a question for you. Speaking of the stress, have you heard of tapping? Yes. I have. So I just have started reading about it. I had a guest a few episodes ago who is a tapping practitioner, and, I, and I'd and i heard it here and there, and now I'm like, all right, so now I'm reading about the science of it, and it is intriguing. Yes, it's amazing. It is. I, I'm not an expert by any means, but I did do some training on enzymatic therapy, and part of that training was there was some physical parts of it too. And a couple of chiropractors showed us some tapping and it's amazing, like takes headaches away and aches. And so, yeah, I, I have some formulations written down for certain things like, oh, if you tap here at this spot, but I, I'm no expert at it, but it is, it, it's very intriguing. And again, just natural healing. And I'm trying to learn a lot about it. Exactly. And the whole, you know, it, it sounds wacky. <laughs> When you first start reading about it, you're like, this is crazy. <laughs> but but still was intermittent fasting, right? Yeah, like, I was exactly. Like, there you breakfast? go. What? <laughs> but one of the books that I'm reading right now is about the science behind it. And, you know, it's 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 got, you know, Harvard scientists, you know, quoted in there. And I'm like, all right, this is big stuff. So, yes, it's I think we'll see a lot about it. Yeah, I think so too. Just like with fasting, when these things kind of come up through like through the grassroots, fasting has done that. And and now I think the tapping is going to too. I just wondered if you'd heard of it since you're I, I was betting you had, but Yeah. And I don't think I mentioned this either when I first started. So I, I told you, like I'm a podcast junkie and I don't listen to like I listen to a lot of doctors, like Dr. Mercola and Dr. Pampa, if you've heard of him and Dr. Ruscio, like I would listen to them constantly and they would talk about, especially Dr. Mercola and Dr. Papa about fasting. And this was last year. And every time they'd start to talk about it, I'd kind of roll my eyes like, really? (laughs) 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 But I'm like, okay, these guys, like I really, I really have 
a lot of respect for them. Like there has to be something to this. And that's when I started kind of doing it on my own. But I being a runner, I was terrified to run in a fasted state. Like I had never been, I'd never exercised in a fasted state before. And now I, I don't run as long as I used to, but when I do run, I just, I run faster. I have more energy. I feel better. I have no food in my stomach to cramp me up, but I was, I was, I would just kind of shut my whole mind off when they would talk about fasting. I'm like, oh my gosh, here we go again. <laughs> but, but you know, I really feel like it's planting the seeds, you know, like with tapping, and the reason I keep talking about it is because I'm reading it right now and I'm so I'm like immersed in it. But you know, after I had the person on the podcast a couple of weeks ago or when I when I interviewed her, I had heard about it from Melanie Avalon. I had heard about it here and there. And it's like the universe like pops it into your mind here and there. And then finally you're like, all right, all right, I'm ready to read a little more. <laughs> okay. It just like with you and the fasting. Yep. Yeah, you were ready, but you. I had to know the science behind it. Like for me, when I first heard, I'm like, "Oh, it's just another, another thing coming out. It's the latest fad, exactly." But then when I read the science, and that's where, you know, I'd listened to the podcast, but when I read the obesity code, that's when things clicked and made sense. Exactly. Yeah, the science. That that's why I'm starting with the book, The Science of Tapping, and I, I can't. That might be the name of it, but it's something like that. But it's it's the research, it's the studies, and so you know, I'm, I'm reading it with an open mind, and the science is there. So, and that's what I had to tell myself. Okay, just be open minded. You know that not everything con- that's been thrown at you that is conventional was thought of as conventional truth. Like a lot of that you have read and studied that those things aren't necessarily the best way to go about things. So that's why I just told myself, just be open-minded, just learn and do it for yourself and see what happens. So, um, so, and, you know, I've talked about this already, but I just feel like I, myself, I need to walk the walk in order to give recommendations to my clients too. So I just really wanted to make sure that, I was, you know, I tell people, oh, you'll feel well when you're fasting, but like, I better try this <laughs> myself and do a 24 hour fast and then do an extended <laughs> fast and make sure that I, you know, like what I'm telling people is, is the actual truth. So, yeah, I love your subtitle. Like I said before, nutritional peace, I think is really, it's what we all want. And, you know, I'm there, I'm there in my life now. I don't demonize foods. I choose foods that make me feel great. Sometimes that's a cookie, you know, sometimes it's kale and sometimes it's kale and then a cookie. (laughs) But, you know, even if I, I choose something and I'm like, oh, I don't feel great after eating that, you know, I don't beat myself up because I still have that peace about, oh, that was a learning experience. Yes. Tomorrow's a new day and there's always intermittent fasting. And that's what I tell people if they kind of fall off the wagon. It's like, well, it's not going anywhere. It's not like you have to buy something special or it's going to get back ordered. Or <laughs> and that's another huge part of my book that's on the cover is uh, no supplements, no counting, no special foods. I mean, you're just doing this. It's just a lifestyle. And yeah, yep. how people find you and connect with you? So they can go to my website. They can either go to shannahusson.com and my name is S H A N A. H-U-S-S-I-N, shannahusson.com, or they can go to fasttoheal.info, 
both of them will will take you to my website. I have a support group. It's very small at this point, but it's the Fast to Heal Nutrition Support on Facebook. And then I have a Fast to Heal page. Well, I love your message, you know, and I think we're multiplying the message. And so the more people who write thoughtful books, the better. You know, I don't want people to only read my work. I want them to read my work and your work and then read mine again and yours again and read the obesity code and get it from all these places. Yes. And that's what I was, I did with my pilot. I always, I gave people your book. I gave people Dr. Fung book. I gave another doctor's book. And then I'm like, these support groups, you can go to all these. And these are the podcasts that you can listen to. And uh, cause all they all have a little bit different perspective and you'll pick something up from each one of them. Well, I also can't wait for you to get a copy of Fast Feast Repeat. Yeah, <laughs> me neither. Let me know what you think after it comes out. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. I love books that I can just, you know, that, that give you so much knowledge, but you can read quickly and apply it right away. So that's what I loved about your book. And I think that that this one is, um, I mean, I love Delay, Don't Deny, but I'm really proud of Fast Feast Repeat. So I hope that people love it as much as I do. Because when I was reading it for the audio book, I was like, I really love it. And then (laughs) the the director was like, I started fasting yesterday, you know. (laughs) After that was my favorite part, you know, after after two days of hearing me read the book, he's like, it sounds really fun and like something I could do. And I'm like, that thrills me. Exactly. Yep. Just after try hearing me read see. it to him, he's the first person I read it to. <laughs> and he started right away. So. And you hooked him. So you must have done something right. <laughs> well, I hope so. I hope so. But, um, you know, we're coming up to the end of, of the time. So what would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting? Or what do you wish you knew when you first started? Even I know you're, you're you know, a little different because you started it to just walk the walk. But what would you tell someone? And I know you do this every day. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. I would say just, just give it a fair chance. Some people will do it for a day or two and say, ah, oh, that's not working for me. I would say, you know, just give it a good month and look for, I know most of people go into fasting for weight and weight management, but look for other things because usually there are other things that clear or improve that you're not even looking for. And if you give it a good month, you're like, wow, like I'm sleeping better. I have more energy. My acne is better. All of these things that you're not even expecting. Canker sores. Yes. (laughs) Canker (laughs) sores. I looked for remedies for that for a decade. So just give it a fair shot, open your mind to it and embrace it. And, you know, it's not for everyone. I will say that I, I haven't had one person that I've worked with that hasn't benefited from it in at least some small way, but it's always a tool you can go back to and try again. And, um, and your body's different as you heal. So if you try like a 15 hour fast is really tough for you week one, you know, you might be up to a couple of days of fasting a month later and feel great. So it's just meet your body where it's at today give it a start, look for other things that that you weren't expecting and just know that your body is going to be different every single day. I love that. Well, Shanna, it has been a real pleasure to talk to you today and I look forward to connecting with you again in the future. Thank you so much, Jen. I was loving talking to you. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, 
I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast.